0: Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.
1: Hello, good morning, and welcome to Raider Nation Radio here on this beautiful and perfect Monday morning Hello, everybody. It's the morning tailgate in the huddle. Oh, we got a special broadcast as we are here live from the Raiders Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center Studios. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, and Vinny Bonsignore is here with us from in the huddle as we are having a special broadcast day as all the shows will be live here at Raiders HQ 7:30. We'll get a chance to talk to Steve Weish from the NFL Network. Can't wait to talk to Steve. Go over the national perception around the league in this special part of the year as everyone is getting ready for mini camps and training camps in and around the league. 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Brian Baldinger from the NFL Network as well. Baldy, the man who coined the condor. We'll talk to him about the Raiders' defense and all that entails. Six nine one eight seven is the Salmon Ash text line, and you can reach us on Twitter at RNR 9:20 a.m. And on the phones at 702-365-9200. Oh, man, what a Monday it is. A very special broadcast indeed. Heidi, Clay, and Vinny. It's a morning tailgate in the huddle broadcast. Vinny, good morning. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? (laughs) Hey, man, very good. Thank you. And, uh, wow, what a special time this is because we're just 59 days away from the actual Hall of Fame game kicking off in Canton, Ohio against Jacksonville. And, you know, it's it's cool because the last few weeks we could kind of set the scene here as This building has been very busy as we are starting to see, you know, uh, getting a chance to see a little bit of practice every week. But at the same time, we know the parking lot is full and we know that Josh McDaniels has been very busy ever since he got here.
0: Yeah, uh, not only busy, but I think he's... Pleasantly surprised uh, because when you look at the parking lot today, yeah, and this is pretty consistent. It's packed. Yes, um, and 3:00 in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And he spoke about this in a recent article that Albert Breer did uh, in Money, Money, Quarterback, and and uh, uh, Sports Illustrated about how I don't care what time I get here. There's players that have beaten me to the facility. I don't know if that's necessarily new for him, but I think the volume of players, Heidi, that are here on a daily basis throughout the offseason, not just because they have to be here during OTAs or starting tomorrow minicamp, but just throughout off, the offseason program uh, and the offseason in general, players are here all the time, 24-7 working out at the facility.
2: Yeah, it's been the kind of, I guess, the protocol that they've instilled within themselves to try to up the ante for what their performance is going to be throughout the season, whether that's getting out to a park together and throwing the ball around, whether that's working on small details in the weight room or a trying to develop the right training program for how they eat and take care of themselves throughout this process, you can see that the level is everybody is bought into that. And it's maybe even a race to see who gets here The fastest, who's here the earliest, who's here the latest. You never know. I think a lot of things in competition can be fun.
0: And it also uh, is a testament to what Mark Davis built here because players want to be here. That's a key component to this that uh, can't be understated. It's not only this great facility that people want to work in and at every day. But also this community, uh, it's affordable to live in Las Vegas compared to other places. I know when I covered the Rams it wasn't always the case where you had non-stop players coming in and out of the building. A lot of those guys went to go live where they lived where it's a little bit more affordable. That's not the case here. So you have the best of both worlds where you have this beautiful facility that players want to be at consistently and also a year round place in Las Vegas with the great weather and the affordability where players are here year round.
1: And don't you start to feel like, you know, ever since this building was created uh, because it started in that 2020 season where, you know, the protocols were very sharp and not everybody could, uh, you know, show up to the facility on time. Nobody could. Finally, now <laughs> you're starting to see like a tradition yeah. <laughs> where people start to feel at home here now because uh, there isn't another facility really like this around the NFL. And so now you finally get the chance to see like everybody showing up early because they're really getting like now the ritual of being here because they know that this is their spot. It's hard to find, uh, you know, any other place really in the uh, in the NFL, that has like a, you know, an airport down the street and all the privacy that comes with what huh. the Raiders Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center can do.
2: And they're building a hospital on the corner. I saw that. It says future home of Henderson Hospital. And no. it's like, so, you know, you've got everything like just kind of centered around here and they continue to grow as like, okay, when I first moved here <laughs> and amazing. I was teaching a friend of mine how to drive stick, I drove them out towards the M because there was nothing there. Now it's like everything is becoming uh, just inhabited by, You know, Starbucks and In-N-Out Burger and everything that's around here now that's growing up. There's a Hobby Lobby. I mean, there's stuff that (laughs) didn't exist down this street less than five years ago.
0: Right next door is the Las Vegas Aces new facility that's being built and the uh, Al Davis Eddie Robinson Academy uh, that's being built um, uh, along with it. So, yes, this is considered West Henderson and it's just growing and growing and growing. And I think the Raiders being here
1: uh, has been a magnet for a lot of what we're seeing growing here. What is across the street? Can you can you identify that building? Because it looks like it's top oh, heavy. Oh, it's
2: an air uh, car- a carrier. It's an airplane uh, for the private airplanes. Okay. Oh, you mean the one that looks like Art Deco from South Beach?
1: Right, right. It okay. looks Art Deco from South Beach. It <laughs> looks like it's off center. It looks like it's falling into the earth. You know what I mean? It does. It doesn't look level. It's- Rain, yeah, I, I, Art, man. I want things to be normal, but uh, no doubt about it. Every time we come down the street, something new is happening. I don't even know about the hospital. That's amazing. But we see that like, even when a new organization comes in, no matter what happens, especially even if you win 10 games, right. And you do all this work to get to a 10 win season, a playoff berth. And then if you change head coach and general manager, most regimes and organizations, like half the guys that remain won't buy into the new system. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Every time we talk to the players and hear from them, they are buying into the process from day one. And I think it's not just because they believe in what the process is going to be, but they really like Josh. There is an acceptance of Josh that uh, isn't always there for a first-time head coach. You know, into an uh, organization that seems as already like they got things covered. Well,
0: if you talk around the league from coaches to players that have played uh, under Josh McDaniels, there's a respect level there. Number one, he's coming from one of the winningest organizations in all of sports. So there's a track record there. Uh, But also from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, when you talk to other coaches, when you talk to other executives about Josh McDaniels, and I talk about this all the time, how – uh, when his name started being bandied about in a real way with the Raiders, checking in with people that I respect in the NFL, not only for their brutal honesty in a good way, in a positive way, but also in a negative way. If they don't like somebody, they're going to let them, you know, if they don't respect or think that that uh, coach candidate is a good fit or a good coach or whatever the case might be, they're going to give it to you on, on that end of it as well, unanimously. With Josh McDaniels, uh, it was just a game-changer offensively, one of the few guys that can bring that edge uh, to to that side of the football uh, offensively. So if you're Derek Carr, if you're Devontae Adams, if you're Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, uh, you talk around the league, you have friends around the league that have played for uh, Josh McDaniels. You see it with your own eyes when you're on the sidelines watching that offense um, operate in New England. There's going to be respect. And let's also remember that this isn't a team that was in any kind of a re- – they didn't change the coach because of a failure uh, on the field. This team is coming off a 10-win season and a playoff appearance. Um, so there's, there's already buy-in what was built last year. And then you added Josh McDaniels and some of the pieces that they've added as well. There's just an even more uh, of a buy-in to continue this and push this forward.
2: What's interesting to me is when you look at how some of the leaders on this team are beginning to carry themselves, you see a guy like Derek Carr. I don't know, Vinny, if this is me, but it looks like he's kind of slendered in, in a way. Like his physical frame is its still obviously very muscular and prepared to play football, but it looks like he's kind of thinned out maybe done some different strength and conditioning to prepare himself for more agility. I don't know what it is, but it looks like there's something there. That's just my naked eye catching that. But when you see guys like Max, you see guys like um, Hunter, uh, Chandler Jones, the way that they've bought into the system and the way that they're trying to dissect it, you can see the wheels cranking out there of how do I set myself in the best position for my other teammates to be successful as well in the development of this play. And I think that is In part because it's exciting, I think, to have a new offensive system that you're really trying to detail, refine, and be able to be a win-now team in the process. And
0: also in Derek's case, to be ready for the moment, to seize the moment, and to do everything that he needs to do from a physical and mental standpoint – uh, to be ready to seize that moment. And I know that Derek was always talked about, hey, when, when it's all said and done, I'll probably write a book about all the things that he's done off the field <laughs> to keep himself healthy, to stay healthy, to fight through injuries. Uh, and I'm sure whatever nutritional uh, program he's been on this offseason, because I noticed the same thing that you do uh, or, or have, Heidi, his body looks a little bit different. Uh, But it's that never-ending quest that he always seems to be on to always be better and to put himself in the best possible position to succeed, whether it's mentally or physically. So we'll ask him about that when when we get a chance (laughs) to talk to him, hopefully this week. Um, I'm sure he's not going to shed any light or give us all the secrets. Uh But I'm sure there was something that he did um, with his diet and with Mm -hmm. his exercise to get himself in the kind of shape he looks like he is in right now.
1: It's interesting to think because for Derek, he's never had it this good before, has he? I mean, this has never been a... uh, A time in which he's with an absolute bona fide uh, guy that's going to help him on the offense, like Josh McDaniels, to provide a different attack each and every game. But somebody that also is like what Derek was asking for is like, I want to grow. I really want to go further than I ever had before. And with all the weapons that he now has, I mean... If I was thinking of, if I was Derek Carr, I would be like, this is finally that point in my career where I've dealt with some success, but now I really get a chance to go forward. you get that sense where he feels like now this is finally the team I've always been hoping for?
0: Yeah, and uh, there probably isn't a, a player that's that's more prepared for this moment um, and, and deserving of it, uh, but, but somebody that has certainly lived with the ups and downs uh, of this organization and some of the changes that have happened and the coaching carousel and all of that. Uh, to to now get to this point after all the doubters, after all the haters, after being traded a million times by the national media and fans, uh, to finally arrive at this moment where everything seems to be perfect around him or as perfect as it's been in his career. And I honestly believe that he's going to Sees it and he's going to flourish and we're going to, it might not be in numbers or or things like that, but I think we're going to, I think Derek Carr's best football is still ahead of him. And a lot of that is because of now what is around him from the coaching sideline to the talent.
2: The one thing that I would like to see the really be solidified as we go into the season, just knowing who that person is going to be, obviously, right tackle. I think there's still a lot of questions, even though we're seeing Alex Leatherwood take the reps throughout the camp and practices and everything like that. But who is going to win that position? Because I think there is still competition there.
0: And I, I could say this. Uh, And I know that I I sense the concern of Raider Nation. I get the questions uh, about that position. And um, one of the questions in our mailbag last week was, why are they putting so much faith in Alex Underwood? And my answer was, the only faith that they're showing in him or giving him right now is the opportunity to win this job. Mm -hmm. And whether it's Dave Ziegler or Josh McDaniels, I don't get the sense that there's anybody in this building uh, that is in uh, the mindset just to give a job away. Uh, So the longer Alex Leatherwood is getting those reps at right tackle, the longer this goes without the Raiders going outside the building uh, to, to bring in a reinforcement, the more it's proof that he's showing them what they need to see. And if he is the starting right tackle, when the season opens up, it will be because he earned it. And I think that that's something that Raider fans need to understand and differentiate between there's two points. There's, Giving somebody a job and somebody earning the job. I get the sense that in this building, it's everything's going to be earned. Oh, yeah. So it won't be just given to him where you're like, wow, that's too much faith or just living on a hope and a prayer. It will be because he showed them the necessary things that they need to see. And this is a staff that knows what they want to see or needs to see.
2: I agree with you on the earned positions. You gather that from speaking with Patrick Graham, from speaking with uh, Josh McDaniels, all the coaches that have come to the podium and given the, the speech about what they've got from this new regime coming in and the philosophies coming into the building. It's that. Earn it.
1: And it starts now, the competition for everything, even competition. Who shows up to the facility earlier? You know there's something into it from uh, individual drills to seven-on-seven. They are working very, very hard, and you're right. Nothing is absolutely given to anyone. There is nothing being taken for granted And maybe that's probably one of the main differences that we could see in this team from previous years to what we're going to see this year. In fact, we'll take a break on that as we are live from the Raiders Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center studios here in Henderson. It's Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker and you on a very special morning tailgate in the huddle here on Raiders Nation Radio. When we come back, we'll talk about what are the main differences on the offense this year. And perhaps it's something that takes place with the play calling. We'll tell you what that means coming up next.
0: Now, back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. What's good, what's good, what's good, Raider Nation? Hey, just want to let you know that this part of the show is sponsored by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Look, there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. The Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas offers genuine relief for even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Everybody deserves that. Give them a call, 702-257-7246. You guys, can you believe it? Every time it gets to June, I say, <laughs> next week, next month. The NFL season officially starts. Yes, we are one month, less than one month, really away from the NFL season starting. It's crazy, right?
2: It is. It's like everything ramps up from today on. Literally, like you have mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mandatory mini camp. Then right. we jump into training camp, and then we have the Hall of Fame game in Canton and Cliff Branches and Shrine. I mean, by everything. the way.
0: Yes. Big things, big things planned by the Raiders in Canton, Ohio. So to all the fans that are either thinking about it or uh, have already purchased their tickets to go, it's going to be an unbelievable show. We all know what Cliff Branch means to to Mark Davis, uh, the friendship that they have. Uh, This is something that Mark Davis has been waiting for and really fighting for for years now uh, to get Cliff into the Hall of Fame, and I think that the Raiders are going to – Use that moment to truly honor one of the greats of the organization. So it's gonna be a really fun time at Canton.
2: Ohio. What about spoilers for us on those? Do you, have I, any you know, what, it's any such a tight. Drop lid. the nuggets. <laughs> there's
0: a tight lid on it, but I know that there's there's you know staff that has gone out to Canton, Ohio to 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 really. Um, get an idea of what's available, what they can do. Uh, so it's just—it's going to be—it's going to be quite the weekend.
2: All right.
1: All right. Well, let's think about like how sometimes it has been that way. Like uh, for last year, for example, there would be like a restaurant that would be blocked off uh, for a Raiders party, right? right. Um, and you would see like maybe like it would be. It wouldn't be uni- unanimous or unified like throughout Canton, but sometimes I, s- I feel like if you have a chance to have a Raiders game in that Hall of Fame stadium and you know how Raider Nation travels and Cliff Branch is going in, there would have to be something monumental, right? There would have to be something larger than just you know a place. It might be places or something large where you're feeling like, all right, we all funnel into this one spot,
0: right? And I think it's going to be just a weekend-long party uh, and celebration. And let's not forget, also, it's really a homecoming for Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Is that the truth? Both of them yeah. uh, grew up in Ohio, not too far from Canton, went to school uh, at John Carroll University uh, in Ohio. So they're a couple of local legends in their own way. And so for them to be able to come back now as a head coach and as the, as in Dave's case, a general manager for the first time, basically in your hometown to kick off the season in the Hall of Fame game, does it get any better than that?
2: Isn't he in the John Carroll Hall of Fame, too, he, for, uh, I think, a long punt return or maybe most punt return? You're, I think he is.
0: Well, if you read uh, Albert yeah. Breer's uh, article, <laughs> he was. <laughs> he would not... He would not fair catch. He was the dude that yeah. I'm going to do, – I don't care if there's two guys, you know, barreling linen on me. I'm going to – I'm not fair catch again. I'm going to try to make seven, eight, whatever, however many yards. So, yeah, he was a, he was a really good – that John Carroll University is just astounding when you think about everybody that's come uh, through that, that school that is now – just whether it's in the NFL, college football, all the way down to high school football in uh, front offices. You've got the general manager, Tom Telesco of the Chargers, went to John Carroll University. Obviously, Dave Ziegler went to uh, John Carroll. Uh, Josh McDaniels went to uh, John Carroll. We could go – at some point, I'll I'll look it up, but the alumni is unbelievable. So if you want to be an NFL coach (laughs) or an NFL executive – Ohio is the place to be.
2: So yeah, I did find he is in the Hall of Fame, inducted in 2010 for John Carroll University. And the first sentence reads, "Arguably, John Carroll football's top X factor of all time."
0: Dave Ziegler. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Okay. He's like, he's an, like, X an X factor. An X factor. How do yeah. you get into a Hall of Fame when you're in your
1: early 30s? He's like 44.
2: It was that good. <laughs> it was That good.
1: And
0: uh, it's it's. I think it's appropriate that. A special teams player. I mean, he was more than a special teams player, yeah. but uh, the, the X factor that he brought to a special teams is probably because when you talk to John Carroll people, um, they are just buttoned down when it comes to the football organization, right on down to special teams, which obviously could win and lose games for you.
2: The fourth player in Division three history to amass 1,000 career yards in both kick and punt returns. He also ranked ninth in the nation as a junior and second as a sophomore in punt return average.
0: Takes a lot Whoa. of guts. <laughs> that part of the game. Wait,
2: wait. In the in the second year, uh, the you know, uh, in his sophomore year, twenty one point two eight yards on average on return
0: for kickoff or yeah, uh, a punt. No. Yes. Wow. He averaged twenty one yards yes. on, a punt, on punt return. Yes. That's insane. Yes, that is, Hall of is, Fame. No baby. one that is, that's <laughs> Hall of Fame worthy. That is definitely Hall of Fame worthy. We're gonna have to but, talk know, to we, him about
1: that. We have to seriously ask him about that. Like, yeah. all right, what kind of not only like kind condition were you in, but like uh, no oh, fear. Like yeah. that's a no fear. Factor. What is the right. mindset there? Because you are, you're, if you're waving off fair catches, that means you don't. You're not even worried about what kind of contact you're coming yeah. in. Because you know, Division uh, Three. Uh, you're going to get hit hard. Yeah. You're gonna get hit ballers down there.
2: Yeah. And Clay, I want to see a now a competition, if you think he'll do it, between Hunter Renfro and Dave Ziegler and running back a punt return against this team kind of scrimmage like, you know, flag. They can touch each other when you know yes. if they make a tackle. So we
1: can see the first tackle. step.
2: Yes. This is what it's about. <laughs> the first step,
1: if you're able to move out of the way of contact and you can feel yeah. the heat without actually looking at it. <laughs> right. Uh, that's what I want to see.
2: Because that's the Raiders' X factor right there, Hunter Renfro. So I, the X
1: factor versus the X factor. Eyes in
0: the back of his head. Well, I've love- talked to him about that. It's like he has an eye on Hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, I, the way he senses, um, you know, uh, physicality or, or a tackler, and he's already beaten the first guy that's near him whenever he gets the ball. And I don't know how he does it. It's just a sense. Or a knack that he has right. for for making that first person miss, whether it's on a punt return, like you were mentioning, or when he gets the ball on a on a reception. That dude is toast and and it's like he feels him or sees him and yet he's not even looking at him. Yeah.
2: And I know you don't want to see him really doing the double duty to, uh, Clay. I know right, we talked right. about that. We we don't want to see Hunter Renfro anymore being put in position to run back punts and also be a receiver out there. But is he the best guy for the job? Was Julian
0: needs? Edelman the best guy mm-hmm. punt returner yeah. for the yeah. Patriots yeah. in when addition did, to being a great weapon you
1: offensively? Did. Yeah. yeah, when you needed like an, call. a great big call. play like in yeah. a like in a fourth quarter yeah, you would go to him, and uh, it would. Edelman was there through. all the
0: time. He was constant, the punt returner. So,
1: and I love what uh, Hunter said. In fact, uh, we got uh, Steve Weish coming up in just a minute. But I, I, just to end on this, Hunter said something really great on Thursday, where he says, "I can get too creative at times. Yeah. when I get the ball, and I love being more process driven, and I love learning from Josh that I want to improve my game. He had 103 receptions last year. Who wants to improve on that?" He, he wants to. It's a to, great though. sign. Yeah. It's a great sign that even the greats want to get
0: pushed and want to get coached hard. I know Derek is a lot, a lot like that. Like, like, let me know. I don't need all the gray area or the, oh, it's okay. You know, just, just give it to me straight one way or another
1: and let's get this fixed and get better for it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back from the NFL Network. It's Steve Weiss. He joins us next. We'll talk to him about how the Raiders starting to look in this time of the year as well as a national perception from around the league. All that and more on the morning tailgate in the huddle. On Raider Nation Radio.
0: Now back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker on RNR 9:20 a.m. Be part of the show. Text us on the Salmon Ash text line. Text the keyword RNR followed by your message to six nine one eight
1: seven back to the morning tailgate in the huddle here on Raider Nation Radio, a very special Monday show here as we broadcast live from the Raiders Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center here in Henderson, Raider Nation Radio. Heidi, Clay, and Vinny Bonsignor, and we're joined now by the great reporter, analyst, and host from the NFL Network, it's Steve Weish. Follow him on Twitter at Weish89. Steve, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I got to ask you, man, here in Las Vegas, so the Von Miller Pass Rush Academy comes and goes over the weekend. How do you think this uh, this academy itself for an off-season program has now become like the pro invite of the off-season?
3: Well, good morning, everyone, and, and great question um, because, you know, look, let's say there are about 30 NFL guys who are there, some young, some experienced guys like Von, like Chandler Jones, um, some collegiate players, uh, a couple instructors like Chuck Smith who put this all together, former Falcons, kind of the... The pass rush guru. And you know, it, it really, this is a six-year Von Miller has done it, one year they did it virtually because of COVID. But you know, and talking to a lot of players and people who've done it for a long time, like Justin Houston of the Ravens, they see every year they learn a little something different. Like none of these drills are anything more than walkthrough. But just in terms of technique, film breakdown, some of the things that offensive linemen are trying to do to them now and ways that you know they could they could leverage to get to the quarterback or work in tandem with another defender to to, to put pressure on the quarterback. I think these are, this is just another element that these that these players can take back to their respective teams and their respective systems and incorporate that you know for them to grow individually. As Von Miller said, "Hey, quarterbacks have some of these, wide receivers have some of these, tight ends have this, pass rushers need to have it, so they can get paid like everybody else." And, and I think that's Where some of these young edge guys, like a Josh Allen of the Jaguars. And and George Karlaftis, the rookie from the Chiefs, can make a lot um, from what Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and different guys like that were teaching and and talking to them about.
0: We're talking to uh, the great Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. Uh, Nice enough to join us uh, this morning on Raider Nation Radio. Steve, uh, the fact that the Raiders had not just one. But two edge rushers uh, at the Academy this weekend in uh, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby says a lot about where the Raiders are uh, in terms of that position. But when you look at Chandler Jones and Max Crosby playing opposite each other and everything that Patrick Brown, the new defensive coordinator, has to work with, how lethal can that combination be?
3: Well, it's frightening because Chandler Jones, I mean, look at, you know, look at how long he's done it
0: you know, he's had a couple of, you know, years where he's had
3: durability issues, but when he's healthy, he is consistent, right? And Max is a player who's on the rise, and when we saw how good he's been the past couple of years, the tenacity, he plays with the creativity, he plays with the speed he plays with. Now to have a savvy veteran like Chandler Jones, um, that's going to occupy some thought, right? You know, we're talking about all these great quarterbacks in the AFC West and blah, blah, blah. Those two will get pressure on quarterbacks. Trust me, every time Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes steps to the line of scrimmage, he's going to have to figure out where those guys are because they're they're flexible enough where you could you know you could flip them right left you can you know you can mix them up and do a lot of things with them. So you know you just look at what other teams are doing in the NFL. I mean, with the Chargers, if, if, you know, did with Mac and Bosa. I mean, it, it's great to have one, but if you can have two, it, it's it's a lot better. And the fact that Patrick Graham and the Raiders took on this philosophy, knowing that they've got a window right now to really seize the moment, Um, really goes to show how aggressive the team is, knowing that they've got two expert pass rushers on their team.
2: Hi, Steve. Pleasure to speak with you this morning. And I loved a couple of things that you said there, the aggression and how they kind of try to look to reinvent this reader's defense. But when you're talking about the physicality of the game and what I think they would need to do is to force more turnovers than they did in 2021 to really be successful. So how does the identity of the Patrick Graham defense work to try to build that type of philosophy within the defense to force those turnovers?
3: Well, I mean, that's a great question because defense in the NFL now is not yards allowed. It's takeaways and, and third, third down and red zone defense. So you, for, you force turnovers, one, by maybe not necessarily getting a sack, but getting a strip sack, mm-hmm. you know, punching the ball out, having guys, you know, figure out ways to get the ball free. But if you put pressure on the quarterback, he's going to have to get rid of it a half a tick sooner than he would like. That puts the ball in position for a defensive back to make a play. But everything's got to work in tandem. I mean, there's great individual defenders, you know, in the secondary, the Jalen Ramsey's of the world, the J.C. Jackson's of the world. But they often work hand-in-hand with the pressure. Again, that's what having – it's not like they didn't have two studs last year with Max and Ngakwe. Um, But having a Chandler Jones to replace Ngakwe just kind of adds to that um, uh, a little bit more. And so they've got to be more aggressive getting to the ball, but they've got to find ways – to punch, you know, to, to punch the ball out in, in different ways to create turnovers for pressure. And playing with leads often is a big way to do that because you play with leads, the other team's got to throw the ball a little bit more, which gives you more opportunities to get interceptions, force fumbles.
1: And Steve Weiss here with us on the morning tailgate in the huddle on Raider Nation radio. So with all the additions for the Raiders right now, how has the national perception of this team kind of changed? I mean, they make the playoffs last year, win 10 games, and now they're entering a Josh McDaniels era where there's uh, kind of like an expectation now to go even further. Has that caught on around the country?
3: Yeah. (laughs) The the second, the second they traded for Devontae Adams, it caught on around the country. I mean, come on. It's, you know, now you've got Derek Carr, you know, who's a good quarterback. I think last year, you know, there's, there's always people, especially the Raider fans who probably aren't going to appreciate how good Derek is. But, you know, you give him a weapon like this, someone he's familiar with, it's just going to open up the offense a little bit more. I mean, the big question is the offensive line. Um, I mean, Vinny, you know, Vinny knows that. You know, you've talking to Josh and Dennis at the league meetings, still trying to figure out who's going to play where and what combinations they're going to use. But defensively, adding some of the pieces that they added, um, and then you add just uh, an elite, an elite wide receiver, in Devontae Adams. Everyone's expecting big things out of the Raiders. The thing is, the division they play in, everyone's expecting big things out of the Chargers and the Broncos. And the Chiefs are still the king of the hill. So it's going to be a fun year in the AFC West. But again, the expectations should be what they are on the Raiders. You know, the the, the grit and the stomach they showed to get through what they had to get through last year, and now the talent they added, and then you throw in someone like a Josh McDaniels, um, who's a highly respected coach among his peers. Um, they they should be expected to go to the playoffs and win once they're in.
0: Steve, you mentioned Derek Carr, uh, and I, I find it ironic that he's literally the last man standing after everybody and his uncle had him traded Four or five years ago, as soon as basically when John Gruden, uh, you know, uh, took over in 2018, Derek Carr was going to be on the first train out of town, and yet he's the one that remained. And now, in that time, the Raiders have really built around him to the point where I don't think that he's had this type of talent around him with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, everything that they have. Uh, in and around Derek Carr. How primed do you think he is to really take this thing to another level?
3: Again, you mentioned skill position players, didn't you, Vinny? I did. <laughs> they're Absolutely. <loaded. laughs> they're stocked. But uh, to me, it all comes down to their interior. Because you know, we, we just talked about Bosa and Mack. They added Sebastian Joseph Day and, and, you know, the Chargers. I mean, that defensive front, is their that defense is frightening. Right, you know, you look at what the Broncos have on defense. They've got Chubb, they've got Sertan. they've got players, you know, on that side of the ball. And then the Chiefs reloaded. Yeah, they lost some players. But look at the guys that they added. So, I mean, Derek, it, it is going to be a shootout every week. And, and this is where Derek, yeah, he's got a great potential deep threat, you know, and Devontae Adams. is also a great catch and run guy. But we always hear about his accuracy and his precision. That's got to be on point this year because. You know, as good as the Raiders' defense can be, they're probably going to be playing more games where the point total for each team is going to be in the high twenties than not. And so, I I love the weapons. You know, and speaking to Max Crosby at the pass rush summit, he said Darren Waller is like next level because he's healthy and what he's doing with no pads out there has been insane. So, seeing what Josh McDaniels can do with him, I'm so intrigued. I am so intrigued. To see how that works. So, I mean, the good thing with Derek, and not to say anything against Gruden, because he was a great play caller and designer, but McDaniel's—I mean, week to week, he is reforming an offense. And, and so, to be able to see what he does with those skill position players, which could alleviate some of the strain on the offensive line, um, has me completely intrigued.
0: Well, I was just going to mention that, Steve. Um, you brought up the the scheme advantage that the Raiders might have now with Josh McDaniels. And when you look at the Patriots over the years, it wasn't like they invested first-round picks and second-round picks in that offensive line. A lot of those guys were development players that they got later in the draft or sometimes under urgency, and they were able to scheme up a, an offense with an offensive line that may not have been the best in the league. Can we expect maybe some of that edge to be able to offset some of you know the growing pains or, or just issues that the Raiders' offensive line might have.
3: Is Dante, is Dante Skarniecki on the staff?
0: He is not, but his protege, I'm Joe, I'm Joe, Carmen Bricello, is. Correct.
3: <laughs> correct. And, that, and that's huge. And and that's, huge. and that's a great point you made because you, you talk to guys who played against the Patriots for years, and they're like one-on-one. They know they could beat up the offensive line. But as a unit those dudes will fight to keep Tom Brady clean. Like those dudes, that is their, you know, when you hear about Bill Belichick, you know, do your job, their job was to keep Tom Brady clean. So, you know, the fact that they've got that mentality that's going to be coached, you know, we'll we'll see how it works. I mean, but again, when you have, and you saw this with the Bengals last year, right? If you have great skill position players, that will stress a defense enough as to where it can alleviate to a point, some of the pressure that comes on the quarterback. I mean, Joe Burrow got hit a lot, but they could do some things to protect him a little bit because they had a ton of skill position talent. So maybe the Raiders can do that. But I, but I do, the, the, <clears throat> the point you just made, Vinny, about the offensive line being scrappy, being tough, um, you know, you hope that can translate. It hasn't always There's been a lot of Patriots coaches who've gone places where the offensive line has not um, been like what the Patriots were able to do. But again, they'll mix it up. I mean, look how the Patriots use fullbacks sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, they just do things that no other team does. They'll come out one game and they will just play power football and pound you into the ground, you know, with a fullback at an old school eye formation. Mm-hmm. That can happen, you know, when you look at some of the people that they brought in. So again, we'll see. And this is why I, I just think they're so intriguing because Josh um, can morph the offense week to week.
2: As we discuss that and start thinking about this backup quarterback position, obviously we know that the uh, Raiders went in and got Jared Stidham from the Patriots, but there was a recent workout with Colin Kaepernick here about a couple weeks back. How competitive do you think he could still be in the NFL? And with the Raiders having given him a look and a workout, do you think that opens the door for him with other organizations?
3: Uh, It hasn't so far. I mean, look. Here's here's my approach on all this, and and you know, props to the Raiders for giving him a workout to kick the tires on him and see what he has left. Teams have had five years to figure this out with him. There are teams that have lost ball games because of their quarterback play and not giving him a shot. So, in terms of me thinking, there's all of a sudden going to be this awakening among NFL teams to bring him in. I I don't see it. Again, that's the the cynic in me after seeing for five years teams roll out some of the quarterbacks that they have instead of bringing him in so again i i just i just don't know but i do think i do think he's given a shot in camp you know we'll see he hasn't played in a long time you know we'll see if he could pick up an offense and be better than a than a third team or, or a second team guy you know he does have an edge to him you know it's just you know will he get that opportunity it, it remains to be seen
1: Lastly, Stephen, we thank you for joining us. We got to ask you, though. I mean, now that there's a 24th lawsuit about to be filed against Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, uh, Roger Goodell, the NFL has to come down with some sort of, you know, um, uh, punishment or at least some sort of uh, ending to the investigation. How do you think this is going to play out? Will it happen this week? And how do you think this is all going to end up for Watson for this year? Well, all signs indicate it'll happen at some point in the next couple of weeks. In terms of
3: the NFL making you know <clears throat> ending its investigation, giving the results over to a disciplinary panel, which has been agreed upon um, by the play- with the players' union and the NFL, making a judgment, and then you know we'll see but the issue where the NFL is kind of in a spot is does it issue punishment this year when the civil cases probably are not going to be going to trial until next year. Right? and then possibly issue more discipline next year Will they make it retroactive, this is a, this is a, the, the NFL is in, a, is in a very interesting spot because it would just be hard to imagine based on precedent, based on what happened with Ben Roethlisberger and right. um, Zeke Elliott and things like that, that there's not some form of discipline this year. Um, I think we'll know something heading into training camp. But there's just so many things uh, in play that the NFL has got to go through, and if there is discipline for how long and and, and things like that. So um, just I think in terms of the initial phase, I think you know that part, the NFL investigation should be completed within the next couple of weeks.
1: Steve, thank you again for your time. It's great insight. We appreciate it. Let's do it again down the road, and uh, we wish you a great day. Happy, great morning. Would love to. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank, thank you, Steve. You. The civil suits are going to take at least another year.
2: Mm.
1: Maybe that is something why the Browns decided to go and put that money in escrow and and provide a contract for Watson because they feel like if this team is still like ready and still in the consideration to make the playoffs and to go further, then at least we can just gamble for one year with one guy and see where it lies because uh, I mean, this is an all or nothing move right now. Everything is gone against you.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a public relations uh, issue too that the Browns. Nice I know that they've accounted for it, but I'm not quite sure they truly understand what this is going to look like uh, when they go to another city, and even with their own fans, there's 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 fans with the Cleveland Browns that were not happy about this move for obvious reasons. Right? Um, and I know that you know things dissipate over the course of time, but the problem is. If we start seeing some of the you know uh, nitty gritty type stuff uh, that comes out because of the civil suits and things like that and discovery and all of those type of things, how is it going to turn out for Deshaun Watson from a perspective, uh, from a national perspective, and from a fans perspective, um, and and what kind of voice um, and our fans are going to voice that displeasure?
2: Yeah, this is something that obviously I think is going to be huge in terms of ramifications and how the NFL tries to really look at it and deal with it. And especially in an era where we're seeing things like, you know, in racism and the way that they support um, domestic violence shelters and things like that. When you're doing all of that kind of work, you kind of have to stand by the policy of...
1: You can't just talk it.
2: Right. Right. Of what you're trying to instill in the players.
1: Yeah, in fact, talking is the worst thing that could happen if Rusty Lawyer continues to go on radio shows and run his mouth. Let's take a break. We'll come (laughs) back uh, after this. uh, (laughs) We'll have uh, Brian Baldinger at the top of the second hour. He's also from the NFL Network. We'll get in more on the Raiders' defense. All that and more here on Raider Nation Radio.
0: Now back to Clay Baker with your morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. What time it is, Raider Nation? It's time to buy or sell a home, and the Realty One Group wants to be the ones to be part of your journey. Uh, yes, the housing market's hectic. We all understand that. Clay, I know you are the real estate mogul over there. It is, yes. It's nuts. It's (laughs) nuts out there right now. But it's still a great time to either either buy or sell the home of your dreams. But to do so, you'll need a hardworking real estate professional to get it done. And Realty One Group, uh, they have got your back. They know the market. They know the neighborhoods. They know the transactions. And they know how to get this done for you. They've been doing it for more than a decade here locally. um, And they've been uh, also – opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate professionals to live better lives for more than a decade. They're also proud to give back to their community, donating their time and resources to make an impact. So whether you're buying or selling the home of your dreams, please call the Realty One group today at 888 461 That's 888 uh, 461 Clay, you've been here a long time.
1: Yeah, 25 years.
0: This market... Is just unbelievable right now.
1: It's incredible.
2: I couldn't buy a house. The sorry.
1: building hasn't stopped off <laughs> Well, your chances are coming because there's no stop on the supply of of, t- of people continuing to build in this valley. Yeah, My brother's
0: but- a real estate agent and he said, look, the, the recession's probably coming. Some sort of recession's coming. The prices will go down and everything like that. So we'll see. It's always up and down. But – I think the the greater point about here in Las Vegas is just unbelievable how much it's grown over the years.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it'll uh, it, it just is a nonstop factor, and I think uh, one thing I think we all look like is like where do you want to live, and uh, I everyone likes to live, like really. Everyone loves this area by the Raiders HQ more than anything. Mm-hmm. If you've noticed, like, you, as we drive around, you'll see a lot of, like, you know, industry going up. But the housing that continues to go up is, is immense. And uh, you have to have hospitals. You have to have schools. It's like all this stuff is all happening all at once with, where you're built, you're getting the streets down. You're getting the schools and all the infrastructure. It, it'll happen within, like, six to eight months. But next thing you know, you'll have its own environment that wasn't here a year ago.
2: i tell you what. I came out here again. This was, like, 19— I'll just, you know, to spare my age, oh, say, let's hear it. somewhere uh, in a few decades ago, <laughs> and it, it was, it was, uh, I think, just south of Mandalay Bay. To, do you guys know where the South Point is now? Yes. There's like another big freeway mm-hmm. uh, exit there, and also the Southern Highlands. Oh, yeah. None of that was right, there. Right. None of that. <laughs> and then when I moved here about, uh, you know, close to ten years ago now. There was nothing beyond the South Point between that and the M. Now there's everything coming up. From the South Point on and watching how, like you said, Vinny, the infrastructure from St. Rose Parkway right. and the fact that there's freeway exits there, that wasn't there. Well, and it's, it's it, crazy.
0: It just it, – it shows you that you have to have vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many times and, – and we talk about the Raiders moving here to Las Vegas and there were naysayers about the Las Vegas market. Does it have the uh, viability to support a football team? And, you know, yes, it does. And sometimes you have to project forward as mm-hmm. well. It wasn't just going to stand pat – Uh, you know, Las Vegas and the surrounding uh, communities, it it was on a growth spurt and it was on a growth, a path of growth. And you have to sometimes look at that and see it and see what might be there currently and what's going to be there eventually. And I've been here three years now Mm -hmm. and it's changed since I've been here.
2: Dramatic. Just here. They put a new school up there.
0: Right, exactly. Um, So it's, it's something that, you know, it's a reminder that you can't just look at what your eyes see. You have to look beyond that sometimes. Uh, and I think for the Raiders, being here and being part of this growth is just uh, a spectacular thing.
1: It's Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, and you here on the Morning Tailgate, a special in the huddle, Morning Tailgate. Brad's be broadcast live from Raiders HQ here on Raider Nation Radio. We'll step aside and take a quick break. And we'll be joined by NFL Network Analyst, and reporter, it's Brian Baldinger. He'll join us next. A big thank you to DeMond Cottonback in the studio, Alexandra here at Raiders HQ, Eddie Pascal, Will Kiss. We thank to all of them for having us out here. When we come back, we'll talk to Brian Baldinger about the Raiders' defense, specifically about the intrinsic uh, relationship between Chandler Jones and the Condor, Max ah! Crosby. All of that is next. Hey, guys.
0: It's your boy, Vinny B. from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.